0: Alan, welcome to Hoops Evans, Basketball Hustle, and we're into grand final week. It's an amazing thing. I don't think you would've been able to pay anyone enough money to think that we would've had the grand final that we've now got in the NBL. We've got the Sydney Kings, which isn't a huge surprise given the talent they've got, but we've got the Tasmania Jackjumpers who hadn't even played an NBL game this time last year, and now all of a sudden they're competing for a championship. It's a remarkable thing. We'll talk about all of that in great detail on this week's show. We've also got some huge news coaching-wise out of the Illawarra Hawks after their loss in the semi-final series. Plenty else hours happening. We'll announce how we'll decide our winner of the Galen Award as well as the best team man in the NBL. And our man has had a big week as well, my co-host. So I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the man who got to see his old teams do battle in the finals <laughs> in person back on Friday night, which I'm sure he got to enjoy, yeah. Cody Ellis. What a
1: big week. Huge, mate. Yeah. Long week for myself and, uh, no, a big, uh, big week in the NBL. there was, was a lot of fun to watch mm. like, every single one of those games. Yep. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a grand final series. Um, I think people are probably expecting Kings to just run over the jack jumpers, mm-hmm. but everyone expected Melbourne to beat them as well. So <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a heck of a series.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it later in the show, but you match it up talent for talent and... It's easy to think that it's an easy sydney king's yeah. win but it's just very hard to play your best basketball against the jack jumpers mm-hmm. i mean every team has found that all season long and it's going to be an incredible grand final series it's an amazing story that they're even in the grand final um so we'll talk about that a lot on this show we're here thanks to hoop seven but cody we were under an embargo last week so mm-hmm. we couldn't talk about what you had planned yeah and we didn't want to give your old foes up the June Love <laughs> yeah, wolves yeah. any insight that you wouldn't be playing your nbl1 game yeah. on friday night but you had a big week. You headed back over over to, to Sydney, yep. got to celebrate a wedding, mm-hmm. you got to be a special guest of the Illawarra Hawks yeah. on Friday night. Have a good time? Yeah, it was good, man. It was good. Good to uh, get out of Perth for
1: the first time mm-hmm. in, in a few years. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you got to live? Oh, geez. Before COVID, obviously. Yeah, well before COVID. And even that, it was probably a couple of years before that that yeah, I wow. headed out of Perth. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it was.
0: Might it was have been nice when you went to, to play for that. the Titans, was it? Yeah,
1: that would have been it. That yeah. was probably the last time. So, while ago while ago (laughs) to say it was overdue was an understatement well talk us through what you got up
0: to whose whose wedding did you attend kev white
1: kev white um you know one of my teammates for my entire nbl career and um certainly certainly close with with him and the family and and rach his his now wife have known have known them for for a while now so uh it it was really good to get over there and and catch up with with some old teammates and, and some old friends and yeah their wedding had been pushed back i think this was Two years now that it had been pushed back, yeah. and uh, yeah, well, I'm glad that they finally got to tie the knot, which was great. Okay. Um, and yeah, very, very happy that we were able to be there for them. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a, a very three days. We got a, a heck of a lot done, yeah. and it was uh, all go from the moment we landed <laughs> to the moment we got home. So uh, no, it was really good.
0: Talk me through being back in the Win Entertainment Center on Friday night as well. I, I saw you with a microphone in hand yeah. as well <laughs> in the game function. Talk, talk me through. How that was yeah it was good man it was um yeah
1: very nostalgic being back there it was uh no it was a lot of fun um certainly very different being in the in the stands than than down on the court but uh no you yeah, um, know yeah, i spoke to tim fairs you know someone okay. who I've, I've stayed in touch with and you know asked if he wanted to catch up for a coffee while we were there and offered a couple of tickets for for the missus and i and then uh-huh. asked if i wanted to have a bit of a chat to him in the, in the pre-game uh-huh. function and that was really good that was really good and again just seeing some some old uh, old members and and people that you know we we I had relationships with um throughout the Hawks organization oh. it was really cool and it, it was awesome and and i think the club's come a long way from even when i was there yeah. you know a few years ago so a lot, lot of fun a lot of fun the game was good yeah. um bit of a scoring drought for the, for the Hawks in, <laughs> yep. in that second quarter but uh, look they still had their chances and I think just Sydney were, were too good for them um, especially in that game but uh, over the, the whole uh, whole series. What was it like
0: sitting there watching a game in person? You haven't done that for a long time and I don't think you've ever done it in Wollongong no. as a spectator. What was it like? Very
1: different. Very different.
0: No the last,
1: last game that I've into as a spectator was a cats game but I still think that was a few years ago yeah. now yeah I don't tend to go to too many of the NBL games um I like watching and dissecting from mm-hmm. from my couch and, and um watching it on the TV but uh yeah it, it, it was odd and um my missus felt right at home she was <laughs> <laughs> she had uh, been there and done that before yep. so
0: in, um, in that building watching yeah. it
1: plenty yeah. of times so no, I got to sit next to uh, an old teammate in Tyson Demos, yep. and uh, and catch up with him, which was which was great. No,
0: he's doing some great things as well. Yes, man, he is, which is, has been great to see. Um, all right, so the semi-final series, Cody, the, we, they're all decided now. We know who's into the grand final. So, the game ones they started back on Thursday night, and Melbourne United they really did a lockdown <laughs> job on the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Jack Jumpers found it really tough to score, mm-hmm. especially in that third quarter. Um, so Melbourne ended up winning that game, seventy-four to sixty-three. Um, and then the game you were at Friday night, the Sydney Kings beat the Illawarra Hawks 89 to 79. And then down in, in Hobart on Saturday night, Jack Jumpers beat United 79 to 72. And even just coming through the TV screens, the atmosphere was unbelievable Unreal. with the noise yeah. in that in that building. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how loud in Wollongong it gets mm-hmm. when it's when it's full. And and gee, that building in Hobart with five thousand screaming. Tasmanians was <laughs> was it just incredible? Yeah. Um, so they got their help get their team over the line, and then on on Sunday the City Kings wrapped up their series, and in the end just too much firepower. They're, they're just too many superstars on that team, so they beat the Alwarra Hawks ninety nine to eighty seven to move into the grand final, and then Monday night game three back in Melbourne and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. I know they got a little bit of help in pre game when Chris Golding was was ruled out, but you just get a sense that they would have won this game probably anyway. Mm-hmm. They, their defence just completely locked Melbourne down and then they found enough avenues to score up the other end. And they won the game 76-73. to 73. Let's start with the Jack Jumpers, Cody, because it's an uh, unbelievable story. It was a, an incredible story for them to win 17 games. And there was still a chance they missed the playoffs. Yep. It's now an incredible story. It's an unfathomable story to think that they're into a grand final in their first season. With the talent that's on their roster and without Will Magne. Yeah. I still don't know how they've done it, but they've done it by creating a culture like we've yeah. talked about. It's it's just an incredible thing.
1: It is, it is, and it's it's really cool to see. And I think you've got everyone that's that's not a Sydney Kings fan no. going for the Jack Jumpers <laughs> in, this, in this series yeah. now. And um, I think again, you saw it in the in the Melbourne series. Everyone that wasn't a United fan was was on the on the Jack Jumpers mm-hmm. bandwagon and. Um, but it's really cool. And um, I, apart from probably the first team to ever win it, um, mm. not really too many inaugural uh, teams that have made it to a grand final, let alone no. uh, win the thing. So, mm-hmm. um, look, they're, they're, they're making history mm. every single day, and, and it's really cool to see. And yeah, they, they just do it by committee. You yeah. know, obviously, they've had big games from some of their players, but on any given night, Anyone on that team can go off and, and make big plays for them and mm. they're just scrappy. And again, like we've said in the past couple of months, they just work harder than everyone. Yeah. And um, I think that's proven that uh, that works and come playoffs,
0: defence is huge yeah. and, and that's where they, they thrive. Absolutely. That, that's, that's how they've been able to do it because they, they don't have the scoring weapons where they can go and put up 90 points or mm. 100 points in a game if they're going to win. So they, they have to try to keep their teams under 80 points that they play against and have a look what they did in this series so they kept even though they lost game one melbourne only scored 74 points Mm -hmm. then melbourne only scored 72 down in hobart on saturday and then on monday night melbourne only scored 73. that's how they won the game because they just bloody hard to score against oh absolutely and to keep that melbourne united
1: team to 73 points averaged over three games is is very impressive not too many other teams in the league would be able to do that Mm -hmm. But they, they did. They just—they stifled them, and they were really good. And they're scrappy, and they're in there helping. And you know, be, because they're undersized, mm. they've got to be able to rely on all that help. Mm-hmm. And they do. It's really good to watch. And yeah, I, I mean, it's—it's it's, it's just been an unbelievable effort. And I think that uh, yeah, it, it's going to be be fun to see how they can do it against the Kings.
0: Mm. We talked about how. Potentially, their biggest problem against Melbourne was going to be their size and how they would yep. combat Joe the Wild Tool and RL Huck porty especially. And in game one, they got out rebounded by 20. Yep. Melbourne had 18 offensive boards to six, and that looked like it was going to be a big factor in the whole series. Yep. Um, they were still giving up plenty of size the rest of the series <laughs> because, yep. you know, Jack McVeigh and Jared Baerstow yep. and Fab Krislevick and even Mikhail McIntosh, they're giving up, I don't know, at least five inches yeah, to, least. to those yeah. two fellas. How were they able to minimise that damage in the, in the last two games?
1: Jeez. Um, yeah, look, just the fight, really. Mm, yeah. The fight that we've seen these guys have all season, mm. or especially in his back half of the season. I think Fab Chris Levic has been mm-hmm. unreal yep. for
0: them. And I mean, he's a starting centre now on a team in the grand final. Yeah,
1: exactly. At 6'9", at best, 6'8". Oh, at, at best, <laughs> at, <laughs> best, at yeah, best. Yeah, very best. So... Um, it's been really cool, and I think that, again, they've just done it by committee, mm. you know. Um, making sure that you're getting body on those bigger guys and, and the guards swooping in and collecting some of those rebounds, I think is just as important, and I think that's kind of how they um, combated being well undersized. And, yeah. um, look, it's, it's something that I think they've been used to because they haven't had a big horse in sight for mm. most of the season yeah. now. So... They've kind of figured it out. And again, it's rebounding is all want. You mm-hmm. know, it, you can be bigger than anyone, but if, if you don't really want to go get it, if you mm-hmm. think your size is just going to get it, then it's yep.
0: not going to happen. Yep. And um, yeah, Tassie just wanted it more. Yep. I mean, you only have to look at two of the best rebounders in NBA history, Dennis Rodman and Charles Barkley, and yeah. they're, they're giving up plenty of size. Yep. I mean, you're exactly right. It's their pressure defence as well. So all season long, they've made it really hard to, to run your offence against mm-hmm. them. Um, in game three, they scored 24 points off Melbourne's, Melbourne's turnovers and that's, a, that's a, a really good Melbourne backcourt with obviously Daly and Shea Illy and, yep. and Udai Bubba and, and those sort of guys um, with the ball in their hands. But you know, Melbourne just struggled to get any flow. They struggled to shoot and they struggled to take care of the ball. Yeah, they did. They
1: did. And that's you know, the guards being up and in all game. Yeah. And over a series, even over 40 minutes, that just wears on you and mm. drains you even at those, with those elite guards that melbourne have yeah. it is because i mean as we saw as the series went on the more sloppy they got mm. you know they were just worn out you know tassie did a really good job of just throwing different bodies at them constantly yeah. um keeping fresh bodies on them and yeah just forcing turnovers and you know that last game is just turnover central and uh that's where their,
0: their strength is, you know, getting stops and running. I think you know? they frustrated Melbourne. I Absolutely. mean, Melbourne made some, tried to make some plays that they wouldn't normally make because I, I think they were just so frustrated at the physicality that they had right in front of them the whole, the whole series.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, it, it
0: was a lot of fun to watch. It nice. was. Um, yeah. So, the Jack Jumpers never got out of the 70-point mark either, the right. whole series, but they did need someone to come up big in Game 3 offensively and... It was josh adams yes. i was a big concern for him early in that game because he as we've talked about when he settles for his three-point shooting he's not the most efficient player but all of a sudden in the second half of that game he, he figured out the balance so he took it to the rack made himself aggressive helped them get into the bonus as well which yeah. made it made a big difference and that then led to some open three-point shots for him as well which he was able to to knock down he ended up with 21 points in the second half 30 points for the game he won he got them into the grand final it was a, a big effort yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely was. And, yeah, look, you, you saw him at the start of the game. He almost was trying too hard to score. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a bit like that in the second half as well. He came out very similar. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of early threes that probably he didn't need to shoot. Mm-hmm. Just, again, just trying to score too hard for him himself yeah. and not letting it come to him. But then, yeah, getting to the rack. I mean, he's so quick. He's so athletic. Mm-hmm. He, he gets in the air and he just hangs. And he can, he can bounce off a body and still finish. It's it's tough to guard him, and, and he was he was really good in that game three. I think mm. once he figured out that all these guys are, are pretty tired because mm. you know yeah. of what we've done defensively yeah. to them, that I'm able to get inside, and then I'm able to finish over these big guys, mm. and then that's that opened up his three, that helped him with his touch, and you get a bit of confidence, you know, shooting mm. some free throws, seeing the ball go through the rim, then that three pointer becomes a lot easier. Yeah, he was he was unreal.
0: Mm. Last thing about the Jack Jumpers, and we'll get onto the the Sydney Kings as well, but. I'm just amazed at how they've been able to do this with the roster that they've put together. So, Will McNay was their big signing, he was their marquee signing, and having him as their big man in the in the middle was what everything was built around. Um, the rest of their squad, and I mean this in the greatest due respect, I don't know if any of their three imports would have found a spot at any other club. So, mm. Josh Majet had his tough moments early, but he's turned into a really good point guard nice. now, that he's, yep. now that he's focused on becoming a, a pass first point guard. Josh Adams, as we just talked about, when he's aggressive and focused, he can be a really dangerous player. And Mikhail McIntosh, he probably still shouldn't be taking the threes that he takes mm-hmm. at times. But, gee, when, I mean, he's ended up being that physical presence that they need. And he's almost like Galen Young yeah. was for that Perth Wildcats Championship winning team yeah. as that bully leader who just makes his teammates walk that little bit taller. But it's amazing. I don't know if they would have been on any other roster across mm-hmm. the league. And I think he can say the same in all due respect. You know, Fab Krishlevic was a handy role player in Cairns, but yep. I don't know if he had a lot of suitors. Jared Bester I'm not sure if anyone else was going to come calling. Clint Steindl was pigeonholed as a three-point shooter when he was in Perth, but he's now shown that he can be a great captain and a really good all-round player. You know, Jared Weeks has bounced around a little bit. I'm not yep. sure if he finds another home, if it's not in Tasmania. Matt Kenyon hadn't been able to find yep. an NBL home for the last three or four years since he stint in Brisbane. Um... It's, it's almost a team of misfits, but they've all just come together for the, the one cause.
1: Yeah, they have. And, you know, listening to Scott Roth at, at the start of the season, saying that, you know, this team is full of guys with a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. and yep. something to prove and guys that have been overlooked. Mm. And that's exactly what that squad is. Yep. And they have. They've played with a chip on their shoulder all year. And it's been, um, it's, it's been awesome to see how... All those guys could come together and, and do what they've been doing. The imports, yeah, look, I think I think on most other teams, they would have been moved on early in the season. Mm. And, and I think that's massive credit to Scott Roth and, and the organisation mm. down in Tassie of having, that, having their back and having that confidence that they, they're going to do what we need. Mm-hmm. And Macintosh um, has been, start of the season, I, I was surprised even that Tassie didn't move him on. Yeah. Um, he just—he wasn't given them what they needed, mm. especially from an import. Yeah. Um, he couldn't stay on the floor either. No, no, he hadn't figured out the refs. He—he mm. he was in foul trouble, just silly little fouls that would just get him sitting on the pine. Yeah. And as the season's gone on, and especially this his back half, I think he's been such a massive key for these guys. You're right, probably some threes that he probably shouldn't <laughs> shoot, but he's knocked down the. Other he one, has made some very timely shots yeah. from from the three point line. So. Um, and then, yeah, look, he's, he's just been that, that bully ball inside that they haven't really had. He also yeah. frustrated Luar Luchul and got under his skin. Big time. And I think that would have been a, a ploy from them, for sure, yeah. because he's someone that you can go at and frustrate. Mm. And we definitely saw it, yeah. you know. In that first game, we saw him beating his chest and <laughs> roaring at people's faces. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. that didn't happen in game two or three yeah. because they oh. were frustrating yeah. him. Yeah, that, that was... Um, They've done a really good job. And like you said, a team full of misfits is, mm. is, um, is probably a good way to put it. But uh, I mean, personally, I love to
0: see that. Yeah, so. oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think the whole country has, has embraced it. And I, I think they would embrace that yeah. term as well. I think they would, they would be more than happy with it. Um, Sydney Kings like to call themselves dogs as well. Yeah. That, they've embraced that terminology, but they're a team of superstars. You saw them up close in person on Friday mm-hmm. night. How impressed were you with what you saw? very very they're uh, they're a special unit mm. um
1: jalen adams is just he's, he's a freak yeah. he's uh he's he's so pure he's um he just makes timely shots mm. timely plays um lives for that big moment he does um and then you know guys like zave you know we spoke about before we started recording i think adams certainly got that MVP this yep. season because I think he is the best player in the league mm-hmm. and he's, he's certainly proved that. Um, I know lots of people were very frustrated that you know he only played three quarters of the season and missed seven mm-hmm. games, but
0: you know I think they yeah. hardly lost with him in the lineup. Well, though. They did exactly
1: yeah. so, and he he has just proven time and time again, and especially in this. Hawks series mm. of how special he is and, and how good he is.
0: 59 points across those, yeah. those two games. Yeah. yeah, And, and uh, that was with Antonius Cleveland, the, the league's best defensive player God. in his grill. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So he just he figured it out. He figured out how to play against that.
0: And he's been
1: thrown all kinds of defenders at him mm. through, his, yeah. through his college career and, and um, just through his career in general. So to be able to still put points up like that is, is extremely impressive. Um, but then guys like Zave, who just absolutely light up the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he's certainly up there and should have been up there in MVP conversations as yeah. well. If it wasn't for the fact his teammate won the MVP, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, he would be in, in the talks for sure. Because, yeah. you know, he, he just does everything for that squad.
0: We'll talk about it later, but I'm very surprised he wasn't in the all-first team yeah. as well. And I think he proved that <laughs> in, these, in these two games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just those two either. I mean, there's so many weapons on this team. DJ Vasilievich had his moments in the, in the two wins. Ian yeah. Clark is, is showing why he's an NBA championship winner. Jerome Martin, I was very impressed with the way he bounced back because mm-hmm. he he wasn't good in game one, but no. he was really, really important in, in game two. Makua um, Maker's really stepped up as well. Nowadays, he's, he's found his feet. Um, and then you've got Wani Swaka, who's that defensive Beast for them they've got so many offensive weapons and then they've got this one guy who starts who just locks in defensively and mm-hmm. gee they, they've got so many weapons in, in every way you want want to have have a weapon absolutely
1: um yeah look everyone that you just listed um would play considerable minutes on on every mm-hmm. other team yeah um clark just again just timely shots mm-hmm. and timely plays yeah. and um you know when the hawks would charge him back in that game one you know he had a back-to-back plays where he's got to the rack strong finishes proving that he's not just a three-point threat Mm. you know but he's got that winning mentality and he's been part of winning programs so he understands Mm -hmm. what it takes to win dj is just he's a sniper Mm. you can't give him any space because that's up and in and again kind of that pest Mm. um and and does a really good job of it um he he gets under people's skin and that's that's really good for them i think Mm. Maker, again, was, was big. Um, I think he was really good at his, his time on the floor. Yeah. And um, Jarrell Martin, like you said, game one, he certainly didn't have a good game. Dwight mm. Reith got the better of yeah. him then, big time. Yeah. Um, but game two, he, he was all over it. Yeah. He, was, he was unreal and um, stepped up big time. And I think he's going to be a, a key point in, in this grand final series. Yep,
0: absolutely, will be. We'll get to the fallout for both Melbourne and Illawarra shortly, Cody. Mm-hmm. One last question before we move on. If you were playing in the league right now, would you rather be part of the Jack Jumpers team or the Kings team? Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um,
1: it's it's tough. It's it's a tough one because I mean, both teams haven't won it in a while. Well, obviously, mm. the Jack Jumpers have never won it, but Kings haven't won it in a while. And they they had seventeen their, years. Yeah, had their chance a couple of years ago, and yep. um, that uh unfortunate uh, mm. COVID season and. Yep. I'd be happy to be part of, of either team and <laughs> that's without trying to sit on the fence yeah, at yeah. all oh. but I mean the way the city has got behind Sydney has been awesome yeah. and, and it's really cool to watch um, especially seeing as when I was playing there we were kind of going through a bit of a slump as as, the, as a program yeah. and you know it was tough getting big crowds to games yeah. and um, to see how far they've come mm-hmm. it is unreal and i love that for the the king's uh, organization but then i mean seeing the whole country get around the jack jumpers is is wicked and um you know defending the island and really cool i i I would be extremely happy to be part of either of those programs Mm -hmm. yeah
0: All right, Cody. So that's the teams that did win the semi-final series. Obviously, Melbourne United and the Illawarra Hawks are now out. They're planning their their futures. Um, a lot to digest. Let's start with the Illawarra Hawks because the big news right now is that Brian Gorgian has coached his last game. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of got the sense when he was talking post-match after Sunday's loss that this was on the cards, and it, it feels like it was probably a plan that they had in place for a long time. And He's been grooming Jacob Giacomas to be his replacement for a long time in a different, a lot of different different clubs that he's been at. I feel like Gorge is really happy with that progression as well for, for Jacob. Um, but, Chief, from the league's perspective, it's a real shame if Gorge isn't coaching anymore because it's been so much fun having him back the last two years.
1: Oh, it, yeah, absolutely has. And the greatest coach in mm-hmm. NBL history, yeah. really. I mean, people... Might say otherwise, but I I don't think there's anyone that, that comes close can. to Gorge. I think eight hundred games is yeah.
0: amazing and he's never missed a playoff series no. in the last I think twenty something years that he's yeah, He's got his own little world record going. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it, and yeah, look, it's it's uh
1: it it sucks for the league that mm-hmm. you know he will no longer be part of it and I think it was it was special that he was able to come back and, and the Hawks were able to pick him up and, and mm-hmm. have him here for a couple of years. But I think that team's in good hands, handing it over to Jacob. And I think that, uh, you know, he would know Gorge's system Mm. inside and out. And Mm. um, he'll obviously have his own little tweaks and own little things to put in. But I think it's going to be a fairly similar system in place and and, he will just take over the reins. So from all reports, it's Gorge is still going to be hanging around. Mm. But who knows what's going to happen with him. Um, Yeah, look, uh, that press conference was as much saying I'm done as, mm. as he could without actually yeah. saying I'm done. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think they're in good hands with uh, mm. with Jacob taking over.
0: Is that a good thing as well to show that you can do a long apprenticeship as an assistant coach and there's light at the end of the tunnel for you? I mean, we've seen a lot of clubs recently go um, look overseas for their coaches. I've mm. so seen Scott Morrison come in, James Duncan's come in, Chase Buford's come in, and, you know, I mean, you can't argue with the ex- success of Chase, so... Yeah. It, it might be a good path to go down, but is it also nice knowing that coaches within Australia can still have a realistic goal of being a head coach in the NBL if they, they put in the time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's coaches around Australia that have so much knowledge and, and experience in the game that probably don't quite get that look in mm. um, because whether it's the flavour of the month and, and being, bringing a US mm. coach over yeah. or, or whatever... So, yeah, look, I think that's really good. I think it, that's awesome for, for up and coming mm-hmm. coaches or even, even some of the assistants around the league who have spent plenty of time in that assistant role. It's yep. um, helped with them just see a bit of light at the end of the yeah. tunnel that yeah. hopefully, you know, in the next few years, that they'll get that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I think it's great.
0: What's your reading of the situation? Do you think we see Gorge, whether it's immediate or yeah. in 12 or 24 months' time, do you think we see him? Become a head coach again? I don't know. I don't know. I think he's probably towards
1: the end of his, his coaching career. I think. How old is he, do you think? I'm, off the top of your head? I have no idea. I yeah. honestly <laughs> have no idea. He's been around for a long time, as long as I can remember.
0: Mid sixties at a guess? Yeah,
1: you'd think so. You'd think so. So look, I think he's probably he's he's a fairly well travelled dude as well. Yeah. So I think he's probably ready to settle down and it sounds like he's ready to
0: retire in the gong. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So I, I do think he's probably ready to settle down and mm. look coaching in any league but especially the nbl is, is stressful mm-hmm. um you know even when you're winning games it's, it's still stressful mm. so you know that that does take a toll and i think uh it wouldn't surprise me if he uh if he just hung them up
0: i'll put you on the spot if you're at any other club right now do you make the call and make an inquiry and i'm if I run through the teams, I think Dan Chimie's locked in at the breakers. Adam mm. Ford's locked in at the Taipans. I don't think James Duncan's going anywhere from the Bullets. Clearly, Chase Buford's not going no. anywhere. Dean Vickerman's not going anywhere. CJ Bruden's not going anywhere. That narrows it down to two yeah. in, in, my, in my mind. If you're the Perth Wildcats or the South East Melbourne Phoenix, do you make an inquiry? Oh, I don't see why you
1: wouldn't. Mm. I mean... Worst thing that can happen is them say, "Look, no, I'm I'm not. I'm staying here." So I I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, I mean, look, Perth's been fairly adamant that they're riding with with Morrison. Um, You know, a guy of of Gorgon's stature doesn't come along too often. So I I think you would certainly reach out. Um, Phoenix, yeah. Look, I'm not sure what they're going to do. we heard talks that Mitchell was, was going to stay on board, but we heard talks, haven't but, yeah, heard nothing anything. Nothing announced since. officially still. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, again, you know, Gorge certainly made a home in Melbourne, yep. so uh, I wouldn't see why that wouldn't be something that uh, he would consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
0: yeah, it, it would be certainly worth making that call. The one comment I'll make is that if Jack Bendat was still the owner of the Perth Wildcats... I would think it's a high possibility because I don't, I, I don't think Scott Morrison rightly or wrongly and I, I have nothing you know, against Scott and I think yeah. he's done a good job as a coach and I would like to see him remain as coach. I think he deserves a chance. But yeah. I think if Jack was still coaching, the move would have been made. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fascinating to see what the new ownership does and we'll, we'll wait and see because I, I think we might be about to find out that Bryce Cotton will be staying. So yeah. if you're a head coach and you know, know that you've got Bryce to build around, maybe, maybe Gorge wants to coach Bryce Cotton. You yeah. never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he might help that. Citizenship hurry yeah. up and they, they might get to partner up for the Boomers as yeah. well, finally. What's your final takeaway on the season of the Hawks? Um, it promised a lot. They've ended up in the same spot as they did 12 months ago, but I think they had a better team this year. Yep. Um, what do, how do you reflect on, on their season?
1: Uh, a little frustrated, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure, you know, the players and the the staff and everyone behind the scenes was, was is probably similar mm. um, started the season off just awful mm. you know um, and, it, and it's similar mm. to the Kings as yep. well you know yep. both teams just started the season off very average similar to the Jack numbers too actually yeah absolutely absolutely um, but then you know all three of those teams came storming home yep. um, they I think they underachieved I, I do think that that grand final series should have been Hawks Kings. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, that's because both those teams didn't start well mm. and then didn't really have that chance to push to make that that yeah. top spot. Yeah. And it just it happened how it did. And they uh, ended up running into the two hottest teams they ended up running into each other in a semi final mm. series. Yeah. Look, I, I think they did well to turn their season around mm. because. For a long time there, we didn't think they were even gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. And it was looking very much like that. Mm-hmm. So I think they did well to I guess finally buy in the gorgeous system properly mm-hmm. and, and start playing some a little bit of defence. Yeah. I still wouldn't call them a great defensive team. No. Um
0: yeah, and that's the big difference from a year ago. Yeah. They were really good defensively. They got better offensively this year, but yeah. they probably gave up too much defensively.
1: Yeah, they they did. And Cleveland was just amazing defensively. Right. Yeah. Gave you a bit more offensively, but mm-hmm. I, I think the, the guys around him just didn't quite step up like they should have. Yeah. Gorge's rotation was was fairly small, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, once... Some of those bench guys that would come in, if they weren't giving you anything, then his rotation would shrink again and yep. it's basically playing a five, six man rotation.
0: So Shorted in game one too. Once he saw his bench not giving might might have been the second quarter that yep. his bench let him down, mm-hmm. that none of them came back on again. No,
1: no. And he obviously, like I said, he shortened his rotation again to about six players. Yep. And that's with Wrath and Mays coming off the bench. Um Conrad had a couple little minutes here and there, mm. but not much. Um, he only played two minutes, I think, in game two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, he came out at home and he airballed a three mm. and very un-Conrad-like. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if he's not giving you that, he's not giving you a whole lot. Mm. So, you know, it, short rotations, would you have thrown in some of the young guys and seen if they give you some energy? It's, it's hard to test that out in the finals yeah. you know, it's <laughs> absolutely you, you can't be testing that out like that's something that you have to test out throughout the season yeah. and something that wasn't really done for them mm-hmm. um, gorge had his rotation set and look you know they ended up coming good and and they were probably the second hottest team in the league behind mm-hmm. sydney and like i said they run into melbourne or they run into the jack jumpers they win that series mm-hmm. I, I i really think mm. So yeah, look, you'd be frustrated, I think you'd be frustrated, but uh, you know, if, if you can keep a decent amount of those guys back, mm. I think there's a few guys that probably need to move on and didn't quite fit the system mm-hmm. or, or what they needed properly, you'd be pretty confident moving
0: forward. Yep, I think so too. I think what happens with do Reath wreath will, will be a big factor Huge. in deciding on which direction they, they head as well, because yeah. if they lose him, they probably, probably need an import in that mm. spot, I would think, to, to replace him. So yep. interesting times for them. Melbourne United, they have to feel like it's a disappointment oh. <laughs> of a season. They, Defending champions, finished on top of the ladder. I think they would have been happy that it ended up being the opponents that they got in the semi-final series before the series started. Mm-hmm. Before, before we talk about that, how big of a factor was Chris Golding not playing in Game 3? Did that cost them the game, do you feel? I thought that was a difference. I think um, we, we've
1: seen so many times where... Melbourne's kind of been in a rut and struggling to score a bit, and Gordon will come out and hit two, three big shots yep. back to back to back, and he changes games like that, and he's done it his whole career. Yeah. Um, I think him being out was was massive for them. Mm-hmm. In saying that, there's no way that they should have lost this series. Mm-hmm. Game two, they had him, and you know they, they still couldn't get it done. Yeah. But with the weapons on that team, there, there is no way that they should have. Average 73 points um, And I, I think that They just struggled all round. Everyone struggled But I, I do think that uh, The Goulding being out Hurt them a lot
0: At the same time It's hard to imagine He would have been healthy For the grand final series At the same time yeah. So if they had got through They'd probably have to play The Sydney Kings without, without him Without him I mean that's At that least for the first two see. games You would yeah. have
1: thought That sucks to see uh, It really does Especially With a guy like Like Goulding Who Um has been kind of their, their big-time veteran leader um, in, like, morale. Yeah. You yep. saw it with four minutes to go. Hmm. There was a timeout called. That, that's right. Everyone on Melbourne's head the down. And he He was dropped, yeah. walking to the bench. It was like a one-point game or hmm. a tie game or something like that, and he's out there, like, yelling and screaming, clapping, like, yeah. come on, like, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. And I think that's where he's matured mm. massively, and he's probably one of the better veteran leaders around the league now. Uh, in terms of that, um, you know, he was a guy that was probably on the refs a lot more mm. in the past few years. That yep. now, as well, soon as well, he was worrying about his own cause. yeah. He cause. Now he actually is a, a leader. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that's been um, awesome to see. And that maturity has been um, has taken a massive leap. And mm. yeah, like you said. Yeah, We see a call being made and he's the first one to grab everyone's jerseys and bring them into a huddle. And that's massive. Mm. And that's really, I think, what they were missing Mm.
0: out on the floor. Sure. We talked during the season quite a bit about if Melbourne should have made a call to bring in an extra piece of talent. Um, They had two import spots up their sleeve. Mm -hmm. Um, Does hindsight tell you, especially with the potential of an injury in a grand final series... Another player that could come out and make some big plays for you might have been pretty handy. Yeah.
1: Also, how crazy is it that, that squad had two import slots <laughs> up their sleeve? <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. that is just it's insane. Yes. Um, yeah, look, and realistically, I don't think they needed to. I mean, again, you look at their squad and on again, on paper, which doesn't count, hmm. but they are still the most talented team across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still the deepest aren't they yeah yeah by far by far you know you got guys like barlow and Newley, who Mm. okay end of their careers now Mm. um not as good as they once were but Mm. you got those guys as you're like nine and ten players Mm -hmm. like that's ridiculous (laughs) so hindsight yeah they should have got a new another piece but i I, they had all the weapons to do it and um yeah there's not too many excuses that you could give for them, but uh, Jack Jumper's just wanted it more, really.
0: Who do you feel is dis- more disappointed right now? I'll throw four teams into this mix that they're not in a grand final series. So you've got those two, Melbourne and Illawarra. I'll also throw the Wildcats and the Phoenix into the mix. Who's more disappointed or who should be more disappointed that they're, they're not there?
1: I think United. They were the, they were the bar. They, yeah. they set the standard for the league this year. Um, defending champs. Uh, best roster, top to bottom. Um, came across the team that they probably wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you're always fighting with fire when you, mm. when you do that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, but, you know, like we said, that's something that we've seen Vickerman do in the past. Mm. Rest his main guys in that last yes. round when there's yeah. nothing hanging on the line. So that's not something that, you know, they... <laughs>
0: changed everything to do because it's what we've seen in the past. Um it has heard them before though. I remember it has, a couple of years ago. They lost to the Breakers going back it might have been Vickerman's first or second year. They yeah. they lost to the Breakers in two games yeah. after resting everyone yep. the week before. Yeah, they did.
1: And uh like I get it. I get it. Yeah. And the the season drags on a lot and yeah. it's not the NBA where, you know, you're playing every second day yeah. and I think in this league, you need to be playing games. Mm. If you want guys to rest, lower their training time. Yeah, sure. Especially towards this end of the season. Yeah. You're not putting anything new in. You've got everything set in stone. Mm. Training time is, is when you need to drop their minutes down mm. rather than in games. Because it's so easy to lose touch by, yeah. by missing even one game. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's. I, th- I think they would be the... Um, I think they would be probably the most frustrated team.
0: All right, Cody. Let's get to our the three nominees that we'll nominate to win the Galen Award as the best team in the NBL for this this past season. So. Every single week, we've nominated one player for this award. The guy who's the best team man, the guy who's had the biggest impact on his team winning a game, um, and it's named in honour of, of Galen Young, who helped the Perth Wildcats win a championship back in 2010, and it's a tragic story what happened to him to pass away and the way that he did, but um, I actually you know, thought the world of him. I spent a lot of time with him when he was in Perth, got to know him really well, and It's easy to lose touch with people once you go your separate ways. But he was one guy who, over the next 10 years, stayed in touch with me all the time. And I I never forgot that. He was just such a genuine person. So I'm honoured that we've been able to name this award in his Mm honour. And I'm excited about the three nominees that we've got who could potentially win this award, Cody. And I think all three would be deserving winners. We've got Antonius Cleveland from the Aurora Hawks, Shay Yelly from Melbourne United, Keanu Pinder from the Cairns Taipans, We'll get our listeners here on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle to decide who wins, so we'll put the vote out and next week we'll come back with who you've decided as the winner. Why don't you talk through all three of those guys and make a case for them, Cody? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I mean, look, all three of them make a case for themselves, but uh, um, Antonius Cleveland, I think, without him, the Hawks don't make playoffs, they don't make that push. Um, I think he really... Solidified their defense. I think he a switch just flicked in his in his head about halfway through the season, and mm. he really took on and I guess put the whole team on his back mm. on the defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he was always guarding the best opposition player. Mm. You know, you'd see him diving on the floor, chasing down on on fast breaks, getting blocks. Yeah. Um, all, all the little stuff all, the, all that little stuff that really does make a difference
0: um, how was his play i think it was game two he blocked a three-point shot from sean bruce yeah grabbed the loose ball and went up the other end and finished at the rim yeah that, that's just unbelievable
1: oh that's yeah he's so athletic it's mm. so long yeah i watching that i'm still not sure how he got to that shot yeah. you know there was there yeah. was a big distance between yeah. him and brucey yeah. and i'm sure brucey is still wondering how he got <laughs> his, his shot blocked there but um yeah, and it's just it's little plays like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stats sheet that comes up as a block and, and two points, but mm-hmm. I think that is um, epitomizes what he did for that team, um, especially the second half of the season. Yeah, look, he he was huge for them, mm-hmm. and and like I said, without him, they don't even get a sniff at the finals, mm-hmm. let alone um, move up to second. Yeah. So, uh, Shea Yili, I mean saw it in game three if it wasn't for shea Mm. they would have that team would have lost by 30 yeah they would have lost by 30. and it it wasn't just him putting points on the board Mm. um he's guarding majet you know he's guarding adams you know he's he's always taken that again the toughest guy on on the other team um but diving on loose balls Mm. you know around three or four players, he, he will come up with it. Yep. You know, he, he's just that kind of a player. Um, Did he get taxed boards too? Yeah, exactly, yeah. and got absolutely hole-axed <laughs> on one. Um, tried to take an absolute <laughs> screamer and, um, yeah, got his legs taken yeah. out and a uh, pretty hard fall. Mm. But, uh, I mean, that's what he does. Puts his body in the line, um, you know, similar to what, what Norto does and similar to what Damo used to yep. do and yep. um, guys like that that just relentless in mm-hmm. everything they do yeah. and again like, like I said if it wasn't for him in game 3 they lose by 30 mm-hmm. you know um, Keanu there's not a whole lot more we can say about Keanu mm-hmm. that we haven't already said yeah. I think the improvement he has shown this year has been unbelievable and I think most of that comes from him just maturing and, mm-hmm. and then 40 giving him a chance yep um, but you know we, we saw you know Multiple times where, similar to Cleveland, he would get a block or um, make a big play, defensive play at one mm. end, sprint the floor, go get a dunk down the middle. Yeah. Diving oh. on loose balls, he had a hand issue um, mm. towards the end of the yeah. season that looked like it was really bothering yeah. him. Didn't really let it affect him at all. Oh. You know, He would still be first person on the floor getting yeah. after yeah. it. He'd still be the first person up the court um, on a break. And, and I think he really bought into the 40 system and yeah. um, that Cairns culture and, yeah. and was really exciting for, for everyone up there. And I know I loved watching every second of him playing this year. Um, it, it was great. Look, I think I'd be extremely happy any of these three winning this mm-hmm. award. There, there is no clear-cut favourite for mine yeah it's uh yeah i'm glad we're not choosing it i'm glad uh, everyone else gets to choose it so uh yeah absolutely
0: yeah we'll we'll come back with the winner that has been chosen by our listeners next week and i will get you to pick a winner next week Cody. Yep, yep. so you've got a week to, to think about it <laughs> you, you never got to play with galen young obviously and no. i don't know if you saw a lot of him play but have you had a teammate in your career that epitomizes what we're looking for in this award does somebody stand out that you've been able to, to play with uh
1: not i yeah, yeah, Norto for sure. Um, he, he is one of those guys that extremely selfless, um, would just just puts his body on the line, and, and you know we saw that in the Grand Final series last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. You know where he was really hurting. Yep, didn't matter. He was still first guy on the floor, yep. putting his body on the line, getting after it, um, just just being a great teammate and doing everything yep. that he could to help them
0: win. Okay. Well, to help a team be competitive that didn't have. Uh, Bryce Cotton yeah Yeah. exactly so
1: uh, yeah look, he he is probably the guy that stands out to me for sure fantastic okay
0: so we'll come back with the winner of our Galen Award for this year next week Cody the NBL Awards were handed out last week and you must have had some sort of (laughs) you must have had some sort of Insight into what was to come, Cody, because... Ran the table. Absolutely, around <laughs> <laughs> ran the table, and, and we had it on record last week. So the MVP was Jalen Adams, you yep. got that. Yep. The coach of the year was Scott Roth, you got that. Most improved player was Keanu Pinder, you got that. Best six-man, Shaylee. you got that. Best defensive player, Antonius Cleveland, you got that. Rookie of the year, Bull Cowell, you got that. The two we didn't talk about, the fans' MVP. Can we not talk about it? Well, <laughs> fair to say, the whole country of the Philippines must have got on this yeah, on this vote. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Kai Soto got that award, and you can obviously see why. Referee of the year, we didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Chris Reid; it was Vaughan <laughs> Maybury. What was your interactions like with Vaughan over the years? Yeah, look, not too
1: bad, not too bad. Like Vaughan was certainly someone that you could go and, and have a chat to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are certain guys around the league that. Don't want to hear your case at all mm. and there's certain guys that will listen to you and talk through it mm. and you know we, we've seen Vaughn do that with multiple players i think um yeah but i think he was fairly deserving this year for sure
0: were you surprised we didn't see chris reed on this on the <laughs> sydney and illawarra series uh no no i wasn't surprised at all I wasn't surprised at all did we see him in the grand final
1: i you know i, I don't think so but i think that comes off the back of that game three Melbourne and Tassie. I mm-hmm. think uh, he was a little bit whistle happy. Yeah. Gee, we saw teams getting the bonus
0: very quickly. Very quickly. Every quarter. Yeah, in
1: yeah. Um, and look, I think, especially in finals, you've got to let teams play more. Like yeah. It's a much more physical game and you've got to let that happen. Yeah. You know, People want to see that. Players want to play like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure who selects the referees mm. and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure how it's selected. Mm-hmm. But I'll be interested to see uh, who, who is refing the series. Yes.
0: We talked a lot last week about the comments of Chase Buford and Xavier Cooks as well. I'm sure you weren't surprised that the NBL took some action. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. And, look, they probably waited an extra day or two yes. than, uh, well, than I thought they were going
0: to. Then was it the Friday night just before the game they announced it? It was either Thursday or Friday yeah. night. It was The timing was kind yeah. of kind of interesting. I think it was
1: the night before or the night before or the morning of or something like that. Yeah, it was, so it yeah. was, yeah, the timing was interesting.
0: The, the things we didn't pick last week were the, the all-NBL teams as well, Cody. Mm-hmm. So interesting to get your thoughts on these. So the first team was Joe the Wilder-Chul, Vic Law, Jalen Adams, Bryce Cotton, S Cleveland. The second team, Xavier Cooks, Mitch Creek, Josh Adams, Chris Golding, Matthew Delavidova. Yep. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I keep looking at these teams and I keep switching people around and Mm. slotting people in and taking people out. So it's a tough one. Look, I think Cookie's probably a bit stiff not to get in the first team. Mm -hmm. But Vic was amazing this year. And, you know, Luala Chul being an MVP candidate, you're not going to knock him out. Mm. So, yeah, Yeah. look, it's really him and Law that that would be the two that you're trying to slot into that first team. And I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think, Mm. like I said, Vic was absolutely amazing this year and Zay missed a, missed a bunch of games yep, as, as well so I think that certainly came into consideration um, look I, I I'm not sold on Delhi being in the second team mm-hmm. I think he's had a decent year yeah. but I, I don't know if he's all second team this year who, um, who takes that spot in your mind I'm not 100% sure um, it's, it's a tough one yeah, look, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I think there's probably a few players that you could slot into there. I think, um, oh, jeez, yeah, look, it, it's a tough one because there's been so many good players. That's the tough this part.
0: Series. I I found it funny when he was announced, but then I tried to forget who to replace yeah. him with, and I, yeah. no one immediately jumped out.
1: No, no. You know, guys like Majet were good this year, mm. but you know, again, I think Delhi probably had a better year yeah. than than them, um, and. You know you've got three guys from the number one team in the league in the that, in that yeah. top two teams which which is probably fair
0: did, did we judge tyler harvey too hard against last year did he have a better year than we might have thought that he did he
1: had a good year yeah but he definitely had a better year last year he did but yeah.
0: was he still good enough to be in contention for a team like this i
1: don't think so i don't mm-hmm. think so this year um mean if you take a backward step I don't think you should be considered in, in one of these teams sure um, look was what about Vasilovic?
0: he's the other one that pops to mind if we're talking about guards
1: yeah no look he was he was tough but he had some very quiet games as well and then he was hurt for a bit as well again like like I said at the start like, I've moved people in and out of these teams <laughs> all week but look I think the NBL probably did get it right mm. um I think Delhi didn't have the best series against, against no, Tassie, no. But over, overall, he, he did have a decent season. Yep. And, um, you know, he's one of the leading guys on the number one team in the league. So
0: um, hard not to slot him in there. I wonder if Shaley's the one that might have been able to replace him in this team.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, he was, he was my other thought as well. Mm. And he's, he's a guy that, again, coming off the bench, I feel like people mm. just, nah, You've got to start, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. which does my head in because mm. that's that's not how it is at all. I don't think that's how it is at all. And you know, it's whether you finish games. It's not whether you start them. Mm. And you know, ninety nine times out of hundred, shades on the court at the end of a game. Absolutely. So um, he was he's probably the closest one that could have could have taken that spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, look, doesn't quite pad the stats mm. or not pad the stats. Sorry, but um, get those stats that, that Delhi yeah. does.
0: Alright Cody, let's get to the grand final series We've got the Sydney Kings against the Tasmania Jackjumpers, game 1 Kudos Bank Arena Friday night, game 2 at My State Bank Arena on Sunday and then we're back to Sydney next Wednesday back in Hobart next Friday if need be and then in two Wednesdays time, the potential game 5 if need be at Kudos Bank Arena What are your initial thoughts? What, what's go- what are we going to see in this series? Well first of all I hate that
1: potential series decider is on a Wednesday. Mm. I think, I, I really don't like that at all. Um, that sucks, but look, I know the NBL wanna get this done as well because the league has gone on longer mm. than everyone thought. Yeah, And you, you don't want big breaks between series like this. That's so a big break potentially
0: from going four to five, isn't it?
1: It is, it is. So I'm not sure why you wouldn't go a Friday Sunday evening, like yeah, whether it's an yeah. early Sunday evening, yeah, because you're right, that is a, that is a big gap. It
0: might just come down to venue availability. We're we're, That's not, it. we're not sure
1: for sure, for sure. And you know, again, we're the ones make these decisions. Mm-hmm. We don't know what goes into them. So, um, but I, look, I'm I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a really gritty um, slog of a yes. series um, in the best way. Yeah. In the best way. Um, look, Jack Jumpers are going to have to try and. and dragged through the mud a bit because Mm -hmm. Sydney has so many weapons and look they can do it because they did it against the league leaders Mm -hmm. in in Melbourne Um, but the Kings are red hot they are firing on all cylinders right now Mm. Um, I think everyone's fit and healthy and um, yeah look I I'm sick of calling it because (laughs) everything that I say apart from the award winners has been wrong this year (laughs) so um Look, I, I I hope it goes to five. Mm-hmm. I, I really do because um, I think there's going to be a lot of fun basketball to watch. Yeah.
0: In so many ways, I feel like they're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Sydney Kings, who are the team of superstars. They're from the big city. Um, they've got the MVP. They have this bravado and self confidence about them, yeah. and and they play play like that. They have enormous self belief about them. Then you've got the Jack Jumpers. They're the plucky upstarts. There's no egos in that team at all. Yeah. They all pull together for the one purpose. They're such a team. They've got the community behind them. Um, <laughs> they're just such opposites, but you know what? And they play totally different. Mm. So the Kings want to make it a fast game, they want to make it a high scoring game. Yeah. The Jack Jumpers want to make it that physical defensive slog like yeah. you talked about. To me, the fact that there's so many, they're so opposite in so many ways, that's pretty exciting. Oh, it absolutely is. And look, you're right. Kings have all the firepower in the world. Mm.
1: They're. Uh, Talented, top to bottom. Everyone that comes in makes an impact. You know, you've got MVPs, you've got um, NBA champions, you've, mm. you've got all sorts of stuff on, yep. on, that, uh, on that team. And you've got guys that know how to win and, and want to win. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the, you know, the Jack Jumpers who are just the, the little underdog that just keep fighting. Mm. And, um, you know, that's, that's been my favourite thing to see this year mm. is, is just their fight yeah. and, and how they've made teams play at their level and Mm. i think that if if they can slow the game down Mm. then they're definitely a chance but it's going to be can they do that yeah because you know like i said that king's team is 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 a fast-paced high power unit
0: that uh is going to be hard to stop i think it's quite simple i mean if if it's if the Kings get to 85 points, I don't think the Jack Jumpers can match them. No. But if somehow the Jack Jumpers can keep them under 85, they're, yep. they're every chance. So it just just depends how effective their defence can end up end up being. And let's hope when we come back, Cody, that we've still got plenty to look forward to in this series as well, and it's not not over. So we've got some interesting thinking to do about how we do next week's show because mm. we've got game three on a Wednesday night. So we'll work that out before next week, Cody, and <laughs> figure it out. But We'll have at least the first two games to talk about next week. Um, it's been a big show. We've had a lot to get through. We'll have the scoring machine, Sean Redditch's Player of the Year Award as well. So keep an eye out for that. I'll do a special, a special um, release this week about Sean announcing his Player of the Year Award as well, Cody. We've been through the Galen Award winner and we'll come back with our winner of that next week. We've got Brian Gorgian, no longer coaching the Hawks. We've got Melbourne United, disappointingly for them, not making the grand final. We've got the Sydney Kings and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers to now look forward to. So thank you to Hoop7 for making this show possible this week, Cody. I'm Chris Buck and I'll wrap it up and leave you to give us your thoughts on what you're most excited about seeing now over the next couple of games. Oh, just how the team's
1: come out. I think Sydney uh, is going to have to adjust big time because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they went and played a a Hawks team that was just Mm -hmm. who's going to score the most points. In that series to a to a team that's let's keep it in the 60s and 70s so look i'm really excited i think uh i think it's going to be uh an action-packed couple games and uh yeah i think it's going to be lots of fun um whether jack jumpers can get it done or or the kings do